This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the program. I'm Sterling Fox. In just a few minutes, Claire Newell from Travel Best Bets is going to join us to talk about Hong Kong and everything you need to know about visiting this jewel on the other side of the Pacific. But first, here are some of the top consumer stories we're following this week. And we begin with another food recall from the Canadian Food Inspection Agency. This time, it's about industry recalling Jonga brand kimchi ramen dried soup mix from the marketplace because it may contain milk which is not declared on the label. People with an allergy to milk should not consume the recalled product. The warning was issued last week. So far, no reactions have been reported, and CFIA is verifying that industry is indeed complying with the recall. Now, if you bought Janga brand kimchi ramen dried soup mix, the Food Inspection Agency says either throw it out or return it to the store. Lots more info, by the way, at inspection.gc.ca. News from Walmart this week about free pickup service for online orders at all its Canadian stores. Like Costco and other big retailers, Walmart always has more items for sale than what's on display in their stores. And this service allows consumers to have those items shipped to the store of their choice for pickup, which avoids delivery charges. While Perhaps a little less convenient than home delivery, this seems to satisfy the need for getting stuff that you can't find in the store and then not having it stolen from your porch after delivery. Or, if it's a surprise, the person for whom it's intended won't see it before they're supposed to. This is an extension of the grocery delivery service begun a couple of years ago as Walmart and others adjust their strategies to compete against online giant Amazon. We've talked about it on this program a few times, so nobody was too surprised this week when Vancouver City Council approved a ban on plastic straws and foam cups and takeout containers by June 1st next year. There will be some consideration given to persons with disabilities, and that's one of the reasons for the one-year delay, so other options can be explored. One fact that came out during the process is this. In Vancouver... Over two and a half million disposable cups are tossed into the trash every week. Council is also looking at a ban on single-use plastic bags and cups by 2021, and Ben will have more on this later in the show. Well, here we are on the May long weekend, a time when Canadians in many parts of the country head to the cottage or recreational property and get things all set up for summer. It's a joyous time we look forward to all winter, and sometimes, well, we let loose a little when we get there. It's not called the May 2-4 weekend for no reason. Well, in Ontario, in Muskoka, which is the cottage country north of Toronto, one municipality has just issued a ban of their own, and no, it's not straws, it's noise. Myers Lake has just extended its overnight noise bylaw to all day. So, no more, listen to this list, yelling, shouting, hooting, whistling, singing, or other similar human sound. Wow! So you spent your life savings on a little piece of heaven on a lake so you can kick back, relax, and enjoy life Eh, which may occasionally involve a little noise. Well, not at Myers Lake. If someone complains about your enjoyment of life, 
they'll fine you 180 bucks. This is a test, too. If it works, the noise ban may be extended to other lakes in the region. To be fair, some noisy revelers can be a pain and upset the neighbors, but maybe this is a touch over the top. We'll keep you posted. And Kit's Pool reopens today. It's been given a $3.3 million facelift over the winter, including water escape controls, which should keep the 1 million liters of salt water in the pool. In the past, the water has escaped and the pool has had to be topped up with drinking water. That risk has now been reduced by at least 80%. Opened in 1931, Kit's Pool is the longest saltwater pool in North America. Hours are noon to 8.30, Monday to Friday, until mid-June, and then those hours will be extended for the summer. Weekends for the pool will be open from 9 a.m. to 8.30 p.m. Those are some of the top consumer stories we're following this week. We'll look at a few more later in the program. Stay with us. Claire Newell is on deck with a ton of enthusiasm and information about Hong Kong. Coming right up on Vancouver Consumer on 980 CKNW. And welcome back to Vancouver Consumer. A pleasure to welcome Claire Newell from Travel Best Bets to the program this afternoon. Hello. Hi, Sterling. Thanks for having me. It's nice to have you with us. And we're all about Hong Kong today. Oh, I know. And this, you've just been, you've just been there within the last month, right? Yeah. It's a city that it's, I've actually been six times. And every single time, it feels like a completely different vacation. And this was a really fun one. I'll bet it was. I've only been there once and happy to have been. I had a marvelous time and wouldn't take much arm twisting to get me to go back. I um, had a terrific time. When were you there? Um, uh, 90s. Okay. So but, it's been a while. Well, I bet the airfare now would be cheaper than you paid then because we have so much lift to Hong Kong non on the nonstop flights like Cathay Pacific or Air Canada, but you also have a number of other Asian carriers that do um routes to get you there and so it's been it's more affordable than it's ever been i mean it's ridiculous how inexpensive it is to get there at the moment right well we flew united out of seattle when we went and that's a long time ago now it wasn't cheap and it was an awfully long ride but well worth it when you get to the other end it and sure is. and you're right about all of those new asian carry not new but new since the 90s asian carriers the competition has caused prices to be pretty darn attractive yeah they're really great if you're a consumer looking to hit that part of the world it's amazing and one of the things about Hong Kong is because there's so many flights, it's a really great starting point to mm-hmm. spend three, four, or five days and then continue on to another destination in Southeast Asia or some of the popular places like Bali or Vietnam or Thailand. Sure. And there's lots of things to do. But let's talk about Hong Kong because there's so much to do there. And I think there's a real misconception about the city in general. I think people think about Hong Kong and they think uh, huge skyscrapers, and cosmopolitan city, which it is. Busy, 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 busy. busy. Oh, man, is it busy. It's busy, but it's not the only part of it. And this time I got to experience some of um, the beautiful mountainous forest region, the hiking paths. And people don't realize 70% of the Hong Kong area is actually uh, mountainous forest. So there's waterfalls and great hiking trails. You bet. These beautiful outer islands with um, some of them, there's no... No cars allowed, just pedestrians. Mm -hmm. Um, Discovery Bay is one of them. But just 25 minutes outside of the city, you are at Stanley um, Stanley Beach or Repulse Bay, 
And it's got gorgeous wide stretches of beach, sandy beach, where you can just lay out. It's awesome. It's important to know that about Hong Kong because I love good busy, and it is super busy. It's really, it's quite amazing busy, actually. And it's entertainingly busy, actually, too. But it's it, there's so much more to it. When I was lucky, when I was there, I was advised by people who live there to go see this and go see that, which, again, isn't necessarily in the guidebooks right. of what to do in the city. So we got out of the city a bit, too, and, man, was it wonderful. Yeah, I think, especially on your first time there, I really recommend doing something like half-day city tour just to acquaint yourself oh, sure. with this. Yeah. I do that in every new city me too. that I go yeah. to. Kind of like um, the tacky tourist in me comes out, but I just feel like it. I can, I know which parts are where, mm-hmm. and then I can go back. But one of the nice things about Hong Kong is it's super easy to navigate once you're there. They have amazing taxis. They've got Uber. They've got a um, the MTR, which is their subway system. Yep. So the Star Ferries. The Star Ferries. And you know what's 34 cents to do the 11-minute crossing? So even if you don't have to go between Hong Kong Island Go take and a Canada, ride anyway. Yeah, yeah. It's really fun. And I do like to do the iconic things. I think everyone needs to do that peak trend sure. to get you up to go and see Victoria Harbor. Um, it's a really spectacular city. And so when you get to the elevations and look over it, kind of like being up at Grouse Mountain to see Vancouver. Yes. It is so beautiful. And it's a different perspective when you're on the water. So when you, like you're saying, a star ferry. Um, one of the neat things that we got to do was one of the, the junk boats with the big red sails. Sure, yeah. And we went out at night and we saw the light show that happens every single night. Like, it's crazy that mm-hmm. they do this. And they do it a couple of times a night. And... It's like this kind of Vegas light show that incorporate lights all over the buildings that can be seen from Kowloon and Hong Kong Island. And right. so when you're out there, it's a, you can't not do it. Um, the other thing was the food. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, the food. <laughs> I, I couldn't get enough of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, really fun places to go. I, I liked to go to a traditional Chinese tea house and there's you know the birds in the cages Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. that old school dim sum and I love that but I was really pleasantly surprised I don't eat lots of meat I'm not a vegetarian Mm. by any stretch but there was um, in the Soho area a really cool vegetarian modern trendy restaurant that we went to and then I went to the super cool bar called Seva and it was right in the middle of the financial district so you were, it's on the top of the princess building. Oh, and okay. It, so cool. I kind of had that sex in the city experience, you know, when you're drinking the martini, mm-hmm. and, but it has outdoor decks and it's owned by a, a former a creative director of Chanel and she has wicked taste. So the so, decor is out of this world. They change it all the time, which makes people want to come back. And then I came back here because my husband was in Hong Kong uh, with clients that, and he was entertaining them. And I said, oh, I got to go to this super cool bar, like rooftop bar. It's a restaurant as well. Mm -hmm. And he goes, that's where we went. So it's obviously really well known. But, you know, if you're looking for that kind of nightlife thing, it's there as well. Let's talk about Hong Kong from the perspective of someone who hasn't been there. You've been there half a dozen times. I've been there once. Would go back in a heartbeat. But if if you've never been, we need to know some basic information. For example, uh, when I was there, I didn't need a visitor's visa of any kind. What about nowadays? Is it changed? Because the politics of Hong Kong has changed in recent years. That's a super good question. We're lucky here in Canada. You need a valid passport. Right. And it needs to be, you know, obviously valid until you leave. 
and you don't need a visa as a Canadian tourist, oh, okay. which is good. Yeah. But if you're continuing on to mainland China, you would need to get a Chinese visa. So um, that has to be considered. You know, if you're if you're going elsewhere, you need to go uh, online. I always direct people to the website travel. .gc.ca, so you can actually put in the the Canadian government's travel website. Right, sure. You put in the other destinations that you plan on going to from, say, Hong Kong, and then you could uh, they'll give you any entry and exit requirements that you may need. Oh, you can just punch it into their machine and they'll tell you exactly where yeah. wh- what you need at the, that point of entry in each of those countries. But going to Hong Kong is so awesome. You don't need one. Exactly. They made it so easy for Canadians. Um, and... One of the things that was surprising to some of the people that I was traveling with was you don't tip when you're there. And that's just part of their culture. And even from tourists, they don't expect it. There were a couple of places where I felt like it was the right thing to do. Sure. In a hotel, when someone brought me something, mm-hmm. I forgot toothpaste and they brought it to my room and um, with cute little toothpaste and stuff. And it was um, and a toothbrush. So I, I did tip the person bringing it to me. I just felt right to do well, that. Of course, and of course yeah. I tipped my housekeeping uh, uh, housekeeping staff from the mm. hotel. I do that beside my bed every day. Right. But I I just, that was a, that's hard to do. You know, when you're at a restaurant, you're like, we don't tip. We are getting out of a cab. You don't tip. So interesting, hey? That is very unusual. Mm-hmm. And something, I'm, I must say, kind of pleasant to get used to. A person yeah. could, could get used to not tipping in a real big hurry. Especially when it's like 15 or 20% when you're here. Yeah, for sure. That's a long plane ride. It took, I think, about 13 hours to get there. Yeah, interesting because I did a nonstop flight on Cathay Pacific. And mm-hmm. it was a nonstop 13-something yeah. hour flight there. But on the way back... Less than 11. Yeah, the jet, jet the trips. Yeah, right. It's, it's pushing you home a little faster, isn't yeah. it? It's a longer ride out. And then, of course, you worry about... So let's talk, as you are a veteran traveler, let's take a moment to talk about jet lag. Because when you travel there, you cross the international date line, you get real confused real fast, and you're just punchy as all get out. Because oh, yeah. you've been up for too much for too long. And yet, you hit the ground and you go, oh my gosh, look at this amazing place. Even though I'm punchy as all get out, I want to go explore. So jet lag tricks, Claire. Yeah, this is a tough one. Um, when you're going to Asia, it's really important to, once you get on the aircraft, immediately set your time to your destination's time right. and start living on that. Um, on a flight that's 13 plus hours, you need to kind of carve out seven, if at all possible, seven hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I had, had no downtime. In fact, we were going for the Hong Kong Tourism Board, and we ha- were on a tight filming schedule because I was doing a 30-minute television show that we were filming along the way. So the minute I landed, I had to be makeup ready oh, sure, and right. filming uh, immediately. So I got on board. They served a meal. As I was, you know, as soon as we were at, at takeoff, I was watching a movie. I was eating while I'm finishing off my movie. And then I went straight to sleep for as long as I could. It's not easy to sleep on a plane. I, I take everything to help me, um, whether that's gravel or if you have a prescription sleeping pill that your doctor has recommended and you've tried it out before you've actually go on board a flight. That's not a place to try it out. Exactly. Um, but, you know, uh, eye mask, earplugs, um, comfortable clothing, that was all really important for me to have and have ready. And then, of course, I had to get makeup ready. Mm-hmm. After Sterling, what a nightmare. <laughs> anyway, in that little tiny bathroom, I make up everywhere. Um, but we worked right through from the time we landed at 7, which was two days after we left Vancouver. So weird. I know. Isn't it confusing? And we gained the time back on the yeah, way Of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we 
we had, um, you know, a very, very intense schedule. So we weren't done that day until 11 p.m. So I was over my jet lag quite quickly because as soon as my head hit that pillow that night, I was out like a light. <laughs> I bet. Now, tell us, uh, take a second and tell us about this, uh, this uh, television stuff that you were shooting over there. Well, when, when do we get to see it and where? Well, hopefully um, that you're going to be able to see this in, uh, I believe it's the, within the next week. Okay. It will be the first one of four times that it will air on Global this year. And you'll start to see a bunch of cool segments on on Hong Kong and the highlights of it, whether that be food, culture, the experience, um, and just a general overview about about what we experience and what people as tourists can experience when they're there, just to give people a much more clear picture of what Hong Kong is rather than just the tall buildings and busy, crowded streets, because it's so much more than that. Did you get a chance to shoot any of that other 70% you were talking about a few minutes ago? Some of the outback, so to speak, tiny though it may be, relatively speaking, it's still big and green for a place like Hong Kong. It's so unexpected. I think people are going to be shocked by the type of footage that we got showing vast, vast, vast stretches of greenery and green space and unbelievable hiking and the golden sandy beaches. I think people are going to be pleasantly surprised. There's lots of stuff about the food and shopping um, and all of that type of thing, which we can talk about in the next segment. Sure. But, um, I wanted to give you a quick deal. And I know a lot of people may think that um, a Hong Kong getaway should be really long. But I can tell you that going, I was there for, for four nights. The rest of the crew were there for five. Okay. It is Totally something you should consider doing, especially when we've got deals that include um, your airfare, five nights hotel and transfers for departures between September the 5th and November the 7th. Okay, this fall. $878, taxes of $350. Again, that's your airfare included, five nights hotel and transfers. So a really, really good value package for so Hong Kong. that's 1300 bucks. Yeah. That was the deal. cost of my flight when we went over last night. This second. is what I was so saying. So you're absolutely right. It's it's definitely a lot cheaper these it days. It sure is. And if you've ever done if you've done New York, now go to see Hong Kong. We've only got a minute left here before the news, but tell us why uh, we should think of Hong Kong more as a destination rather than a jumping off point as we go to Thailand or we go to Vietnam or we go elsewhere. That's what people think of it in a lot of cases. Right. I think it's very similar to the likes, like I was saying, of New York. When you go there, there is just so much to see and do. There's 14,000 restaurants alone. I mean, you have endless dining options. But there's so much to do in the way of shopping and sightseeing and downtime on a beach. Mm -hmm. So you can really make a great holiday that encompasses all different types of things from morning to night um, and, and have a really fun experience in just that one city alone. Absolutely. Uh, Lots more information on Claire's website, of course, travelbestbets.com. Claire Newell with us in studio this afternoon on Vancouver Consumer. It's all about Hong Kong today. And if you've never been, stay with us because there's a lot more to learn. But first, we'll take a pause for the news. Welcome back to the program. Sterling Fox with you this Saturday afternoon. Joined in studio by an old friend and a well-known travel expert, Claire Newell from Travel Best Bets, is here talking about Hong Kong. It's all about Hong Kong. And Claire, as I mentioned just a few minutes ago, has uh, produced a show, a TV special, a half-hour special, which we'll see on Global in the days ahead. It's coming up fast, and uh, we'll let you know when that's coming up. So we're talking Hong Kong. Back to the basics, because you and I, you've been there, you veteran traveler, you've been 
there a half a dozen times. I've been there once for six days and had a marvelous time. And as mentioned previously, would go back in a flash. It is a terrific place. But if you've never been there before, and it's maybe one of those exotic cities on your bucket list. Let's talk about being prepared to get there. Now we know that Canadians do not require visas. That's right. So what about money? Do they take Canadian dollars? Do you buy American dollars? How do you handle cash in Hong Kong? Yeah, that's a really good question. I exchange a small amount into the local currency before I go, usually the equivalent of about 200 Canadian dollars. Just to have some cash on hand. Just to have some cash, especially if I'm going to a market or something where they might not accept it, or I'm going... You know, I, I see a vendor on the street mm-hmm. that has a bottle of water that I, I'm desperate for. Sure. Um, but you are able to use ATMs and credit cards virtually everywhere. But one of the things that I recommend is getting an octopus card. And it's, it's such a funny name, but this card can be bought at the airport. And I actually got one when I landed, as soon as I landed, because I was taking their airport express that went from the uh, the airport directly to Kowloon, where I was staying. I was staying on Ka- the Kowloon side this time. That's where I stayed as well. Was it? Normally mm-hmm. I stay on the Hong Kong Island side in an, a district called Central or Admiral, but I ended up staying on in Kowloon, and it was an amazing experience. We were treated like royalty at this hotel called the Olympian, and I had never even really heard of it because it's a new boutique hotel. I think less than 30 rooms. Oh, my. And they were all on the water. I was like, oh, this is so gorgeous. The smallest room was 500 square feet. And the suites were 750 square feet. Like, much more affordable than I thought uh, it would be because those are some of the biggest types of rooms in that city. That's a a huge amount of space in a city like Hong Kong. If you've ever been to New York or London, you know what I'm talking about. That's right. Everything is small, cramped and crowded. Well, they have this fantastic line, this Airport Express. um, And if you've done, say, the London Express, like the Gatwick Express Mm -hmm. or the Heathrow Express, something similar to that, it takes 24 minutes. It's affordable. And you just know you get there. You're not going to run into traffic problems or anything. And so is this octopus card, yes, Claire, like, part of like it. a compass card? Is it, a, is it for transit or does it give you more options? Oh, it gives you more. It's, so 7-Elevens, there's like about a billion of them in the <laughs> right, right? right. But you can buy everything there. You can buy, get your SIM cards there. You can buy snacks. You can just, it's amazing. Um, but you have access to not only their MTR line, which is their subway system mm-hmm. and buses, um, and that airport express, but you also could can use it to buy things in um, a number of different stores. You can go online and actually Google Octopus Card and find out. But what you do is you put on as much as you think you might want to spend. And you can transfer it for your home bank uh, and put it on the card? Exactly. Wow, okay. And then at the end, if you don't spend whatever you don't spend, it's just put right back on the credit card. Oh, nice. Yeah, so it's very, very handy. Um, it's just like having, like the Compass Card, on steroids. <laughs> it's really, really good. And everybody takes it. And everybody gets it. So if you forget to buy it, you can still buy transit tickets in the subway station. Mm-hmm. What's so interesting about their subway system and the whole area of, of Hong Kong and Hong Kong Island and Kowloon is that between um, stations and within a five-minute ride from one to another, you are literally transported to what feels like a different world. And that's what's so neat about it. In one area, you might come up and it's completely residential. Mm -hmm. The next, you're coming up to skyscrapers in the financial district. And the next, you're coming up to uh, a market area where there's there's tons of street vendors. It's so cool that Mm -hmm. way. And that's what I love about it. There's this 
ancient Chinese um, traditions that live on. You know, they still do the feng shui. And, oh, sure. And it, everyone does it. Like, it's just part of their culture. But then you've got these modern buildings and the high-tech stuff that is right there as well. So it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful blend of that, that ancient culture with, and history with these, this modern way of life. When I travel, I, I don't take subways, the metro system. In oh, thrilling. No, no. The reason is because I'm only there for a few days. Okay. I just want to see everything. So I'm a taxi guy. You're an above-ground boy. Okay. And, and, and in some cities, I rent cars. Should, okay. for example, now if I'm, if I'm traveling to Hong Kong, I'm going to take a few days. I want to see as much as possible. Is that a car rental kind of place? Or would you be better advised to use local taxis and Ubers and that kind of thing? In this destination, it is an incredibly busy city. Oh, boy. Driving is a is a headache. Parking is a nightmare. So I really recommend using the taxis. There are different color taxis. There's three different colors. Always get in a red one if you're um, if you're at a loss for which one to go to. And do they and all take everywhere. this octopus card as well? Uh, you know, I didn't. I didn't try. Okay. Uh, I didn't try. Um, but I'll have to Google that and, and find out. But I would recommend that you download something like an Uber or a Lyft because they are used there. Okay. And if you are short on the local currency and that's all they accept, say, in the cabs, mm-hmm. then – and I know that there are some cabs that are clearly marked that all they take is the local currency. Sure. No okay. credit cards. Mm-hmm. So that's something to, to consider. Uh, the other thing to consider is when you're going between Kowloon and Hong Kong Island in the cab, the return cost of the tolls for that driver is included in your fare. So if you don't want to do that, pay the 34 cents uh, I equivalent. Say, take the I take use this the ferry. Ferries. I use the ferry system yeah. a lot. You know what killed me on the ferries? No spitting signs. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. First, the first time I saw that, I, what? And, <laughs> and then it's all over every boat. Yeah. And then you stick around for a couple of days and you realize why it's all over every boat. <laughs> okay, here's a really funny story because I noticed when I was on, you know, walking around and especially on public transit, I saw a lot of people with the face masks. Mm. I'm like, oh, what yeah, a the lot. heck is with the face mask? Everyone wearing them. And I was asking a local and they were saying, you know, this is, it's about respect for other people. They're not feeling well. It's not about them worried about them catching something. It's they're not feeling well. Oh, is that right? And since SARS and bird flu and that type of thing, they are very respectful of other people. So they're wearing that so you don't catch something if they're coughing. So we see, and we see it occasionally, fairly frequently. It's not a a daily universal thing, but we frequently see people, especially in downtown Vancouver, walking around with face masks. And usually they're Asian. And you look at them and go, What's up? This isn't Beijing. It's not that bad. The, breathe deeply. But the, this may be a whole other thing. That's they exactly may be. Right. They may trying to be respectful of you and not give you the flu for crying out that's loud. That's exactly what they're doing. Even even um, the people who are here walking around. Yeah, that, that's like, what I meant. Yeah, it's not they're worried about our air. It's 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 actually about respect. Um, can we talk a little bit about some of the must dos? Because I'm a big believer in going to a, a city and not having any regrets about the must. Sees and must do. So oh, if please. You're going for five nights mm-hmm. and you have, say, six days on the ground before, you know, coming and going with your flights, the Star Ferry, which we've talked about, I really recommend going to a number of different districts. There's Old Town Central is so amazing. It's got all the Chinese medicine shops, mm-hmm. and the dried stuff. I don't know what everything is, but, you know, it's all for the healing um, central, which is the financial hub. Uh, I would do the Hong Kong observation wheel. It go. It's kind of 
a little bit smaller than the London Eye. Okay. It's a big Ferris wheel, but it also gets you to a higher elevation to be able to appreciate the beautiful views of the city. There's um, the Chilin uh, Nunnery in Kowloon. So I didn't do it this past time. I did it the last trip I went to, and it's the largest Buddhist temple complex there. And I do love to eat vegetarian. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can, before you uh, actually do a tour of it, you can make a reservation for their restaurant, which is vegetarian because it's Buddhist. Ah. And they serve Chinese tea. It's such a cool experience because it's this quiet, tranquil area with ponds and everyone's very quiet. There's beautiful flowers around. Beautiful Buddhist temple. Oh, it is. I, I've been in the temple. You See, have, we didn't okay. go to the restaurant part, but I've been in the temple and it is absolutely breathtaking. Yeah. and the, uh, A lot of us do that when we go on vacations. We go to churches, whether right. it's Notre Dame in Paris or the uh, the, the uh, Chi Lin uh, temple, in, and because churches are wonderful centers of culture and art exactly. and history. So I, I don't know whether it's our Western education or whatever it is, but a lot of us take in a church. Maybe we haven't been to a church service for a dozen years, yeah. but on vacation, it's important to go see the cathedral or the temple. Because in Asia and in places like Europe, those are the heart of the city. Sure. And and they're some of the most beautiful buildings in the world. Another place that um, I really recommend going is to Lantau Island to see Big Buddha. It's one of the biggest, biggest Buddhist statues you will ever seen. Super cool. You take a gondola ride there and that in itself is really beautiful. Oh, bad. Breathtaking. Didn't get to Lantau Island. You didn't. No, no. You walk up. I must a, go back. Yeah, right. You're going to have to go back. I know. You can. You walk up a, a big set of stairs, so you have to kind of be prepared for that. And then you see this huge Buddha, and it's a, a really cool thing to do. And you mentioned during the break that you went to um, Tai O, which is one of the traditional fishing villages. Uh, we went up to actually to Lao Fao San, which okay. is in the same area. Uh, and and I mean, they've been. You go into this little tiny fishing village again, way off the beaten path. It's nowhere near the downtown, super busy, busy, busy Hong Kong. But it's all part of the experience. And you know, as soon as you get there, people are living and conducting their daily lives exactly the same way they've been doing literally for thousands of years. And that's the cool part. And the houses are on still. Yes. And the way they do it, it's... That's an experience that I would, you know, put on the, the must-do if you can mm-hmm. fit it into your schedule. I always like some downtime, right? I like to be, I like to tootle around the stores and the markets. And this is a city where if you want something, you can find it in Hong Kong. Like shopping is an art form there. So was eating but um, and snacking. <laughs> but shopping um, literally is one of the only places in the world where if you want it, you will find it in that city. No kidding. And the prices are pretty darn good. My oh, wife yeah. my wife bought some gold there, gold earrings, and uh, she still has them. They're still absolutely stunning. And the price compared to London or Paris or New York was about half. Wow. And the quality is just astonishing. Let's talk. Let's take a moment. we got to talk about my favorite part of the One of my favorite parts of the trip was having clothes made for you, Claire. Right? This is astonishing. I had... <laughs> A, a sports jacket and slacks and a full-on dress suit made to my weird body in less than 48 hours. Oh, yeah. And, that and this a- is up on Nathan Road in Kowloon. And it is still there. We I'll went bet. to Nathan Road. And I actually had a white, simple collar shirt. And for any woman out there, a business shirt that's white with a collar and have it, having it fit for you, it's a tough item to find. It's like a great pair of jeans or a great bathing suit. 
And I had it made to measure again, 48 hours. It was super inexpensive. Mm-hmm. I got to pick the fabric. Um, you pick the color. And oh, yeah. And you go and they pull the, bol- the bolts of, of fabric and you get to uh, touch, touch them and, and, and look at the colors. And So it's really hands-on, isn't it? It really is. And it's an experience to do it because it they're so busy. These places run like fairs and you're measured they measure you in like three minutes and everything's written down and a little slip and you you think it's going to go missing and sure enough it's ready for you to try on the next day but yeah the next, day. the next day yeah and that is an art form that is quite unique the the hong kong tailoring sure and so if you have the chance and you want to like if you're a guy you want to have a suit made the only problem is sterling that is the, probably going to be your best fitting suit of your life. Oh, it you is. You know, the time to go back, it, 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 that's, you know, that's the thing. You either have to go back to Hong Kong or, you know, keep really good care of that one suit that fits you like a glove. Well, you know, and, and for me, my wife had a, a lovely white uh, a suit made, a jacket and, and slacks, and it's still, it's still lovely. And for me, I don't wear wool well. I just, it, the fabric just bugs me, but the, the fabric I chose was wool. So they said, no problem. We'll line the legs with silk. You'll never feel the wool. And that's exactly what they did. And it was just incredible. So I have this wool suit that normally you wouldn't get me within 10 feet of. Right. And it's my favorite suit. Ah, see, so they do cool these thing. little things for you. And they didn't even, I don't think they even charged me for it. I, don't, I have no idea because it was very, very reasonable. Yeah, it, it, the prices are really amazing. And there's lots of different places that you can go in and get different quotes. Can we talk about some of my favorite little snacks there? Because I love food. And when I go somewhere, I think that eating is part of the experience. I have a feeling that Claire actually counted the 14,000 restaurants she told you about. <laughs> so what? Uh, tell us some of your faves. Um, well, there's lots of these little bakeries around. And one of the things that the locals eat that I had never tried before, the first time I tried it was on this trip that I was on a month ago, were pineapple buns, which are kind of like a semi-sweet bun that are soft. Um, and they... When they go into the oven, before they go in, they have um, a slab of butter in the middle of them. So they're just to die for oh with a cup of Chinese. Low-cal, like of course. So <laughs> I know. The other thing, were, um, they're known, of course, for dim sum. Mm-hmm. But one of the places that we got to go into was a Michelin star restaurant. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be crazy. And I was told this is the cheapest Michelin star restaurant in the world. Wow. So if you go, you've got to try this. Um, many people who have looked into Hong Kong know to go to Tim Ho Wan. Um, I was lucky enough to meet the owner, this guy named um, Mr. Mac. He learned all these recipes from his uncle, and he started his own. Like He, he started working in, in as a chef and cooking when he was 15 years old. I'm guessing he's maybe mid-50s. I, don't, mm-hmm. I, hope, I hope, hope I get that right. right. Um, but he now has 45 restaurants. I think he's opening even one in Hawaii, so if you're there, you got to try it. Okay. The pork buns. Okay, I don't love meat okay i ate the pork buns and they were unbelievable they come in a in a lineup of three and i'm thinking oh well i'll just have one Mm -hmm. i ate all three sterling good for you yeah really a a, a fun experience because it is uniquely hong kong and the cool part was the the story of that hong kong spirit of business it's one of those places that they have made really easy to actually start a business and this is the success of a man who had the dream and he could make it happen in Hong Kong. And you see that over and over again in the little stores. Sure. Everywhere doing everything. Living the dream. Now, just to repeat, uh, you did mention this earlier, but it's important to remember, especially for first time travelers, 
credit cards are widely accepted everywhere. Yeah, they are. You, um, I always recommend you making bigger purchases on a credit card. If you've got a credit card that has points, of course, that's super important because you want the points for your next trip. Sure. Um, but if you buy something that's really special to you, if it's lost, damaged, or stolen, you have that coverage. If it ends up not being what you actually expected packed in the bag, right. then um, you you are covered for that. Um, we also, you got a travel best bet here I for us? Because you talked about that sensational deal for, what, 1300 bucks for five nights, airfare, and hotel last time. What do you got now? I've got one that incorporates Hong Kong with Bali. Oh, so wow. So Bali, Indonesia is a really popular destination. Mm-hmm. For On my bucket Disney, list still. Yeah. Oh, you'll love it. Okay, well, this is um, a 10-night getaway. It's depart- select departures between this September 5th and April the 20th. And it's airfare, five nights hotel in Hong Kong, then seven nights in Bali. It also includes seven breakfasts, three tours, which you must do, mm-hmm. and the transfers for seventeen fifty nine for that ten night getaway, and the taxes of five ten. So really good value package no that incorporates kidding. both that fun city and then go and relax and maybe lay on some beaches. And in all Bali as all well. the details because we're we're kind of zipping along here on a Saturday afternoon. And if you you're hearing things that you'd like to to be able to jot down or go back to, it's all at travelbestbets.com and you can take your time on that. It's a terrific website with tons of travel tips. We're fresh out of time. I thank you for yours this Saturday afternoon. Lovely to speak to you and to have you come in for an actual visit. Next time we'll open up the phones. Thanks so much, Sterling. Enjoy the long weekend. We're back in a minute. And once again, our thanks to Claire Newell for a fun, informative visit. Lots more info, too, on Hong Kong at TravelBestBets.com. Coming up in our next hour, we welcome back our friends from Sierra Sill. Right now, it's time for Duly Noted. And today, our producer, Ben Dooley, takes a look at gas taxes. Well, Sterling, the Victoria Day long weekend is historically one of the most expensive weekends at the gas pump, with gas prices hovering around a buck fifty-five to a buck sixty this weekend, and the Canadian Taxpayers Federation says a large part of these high gas prices is taxes, and that's something they're calling on governments to cut down on. We broke it down into this graph to show you exactly how much we're paying at the pumps in taxes. Fifty-one cents per liter is taxes. BC Liberals have also called on the BC government to provide some relief at the pump with suggestions to lower the provincial motor fuel tax and carbon tax. Premier John Horgan responded this week during question period at the legislature on Thursday. The challenge is one of supply and demand. The leader of the opposition has said as much. I agree with him. I'm Ben Dooley and that's Dooley Noted. Thank you, Ben. Time now for a couple more consumer quickies before we go. And this one is from Hong Kong, where at a recent Bonhams auction, a rare bottle of 60-year-old Macallan Scotch whiskey sold for 1.3 million Canadian dollars, a new record for a bottle of scotch. This bottle was only one, one rather of 12 released in 1986 after aging 60 years in a cask at the distillery. Whiskey prices have been soaring in recent years as buyers look for rare bottles from Scotland and more recently from Japan. Industry analysts say rare scotch often tops rare French wines at auctions all over the world. In the past year alone, even 18-year-old Macallans have doubled in value. So this is an investment, really? Or something you actually crack open and enjoy? I'm thinking a lot of buyers are going to be content to keep that bottle sealed for a while and see where prices go. 1.3 million! 
for a bottle of scotch. Wow. One of our colleagues here at CKNW, Catherine Stewart, told us yesterday she's off to camp in Golden Ears for the long weekend, and we know she's going to have a blast. To make things a little easier again this summer, Park Bus will offer a ride service from the Mountain Equipment Co-op on West Broadway to Golden Ears Park. This service will run from July 2nd through September, July 7th rather, through September 2nd, and the best part is free. Now, you will need to book a seat with a credit card deposit. That prevents no-shows, and reservations will open in mid-June. You will be notified of your reservation by email, and you'll receive info about safety and get all the park details at the same time. And hats off, by the way, to Mountain Equipment Co-op and to TD Bank for stepping up to sponsor this summer's free trips to one of B.C.'s most beautiful and largest parks. And as we mentioned earlier in the show, Kitts Pool has reopened today with that $3.3 million facelift over the winter. It's quite something. The hours for the first while until mid-June will be noon till 8.30, Monday to Friday, and those hours then will be extended for the summer starting at 9.30 in the morning. Weekends, though, the pool will be open from now, that is as of today, from 9 a.m. to 8.30 p.m. It's uh, one million liters of salt water in the pool. In the past, they've had problems with the water escaping, thus the big uh, $3.3 million facelift. A lot of that money went to water escape controls to try and keep that salt water in the pool because when it escapes, they've had to fill it up with, well, tap water, and they'd rather not do that. So a few dollars here and there, and that risk of escape has been reduced by over 80%. Uh, weekends, as again, the pool will be open till 8.30, so it's not the sunniest day in the world, but you want to try it? It's open today. We're back after the news. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.